Good morning. Welcome to Noblesville First and those watching online, we invite you to uh, pull out a candle and light it to represent God's presence with you as God is with us here as we've gathered together. This Sunday, we are focusing on the issue of greed as we share the parable of the bigger barns as told by Jesus. I invite you now to join with me in our call to worship. Sing praises to the Lord, all who are faithful. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. God has turned our mourning into dancing. Let us praise and not be silent. We invite you this time to stand as we join together singing Crown Him with Many Crowns.
Let us pray. Lord, we have gathered today to remind us of who we are and whose we are. Help us to acknowledge that all that we have is a gift from you. Our energy, our life, our resources, our time. May we learn what it means to share what's appropriate with you and with others. Help us to be reminded of the challenge of greed in this world, especially in our society. May we be your special people, as you intended for the people of Israel and intend for us as well. Through Christ, who is our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. church has been doing dinners on us for about 10 years now. We serve dinners every Thursday evening from 5 to 6. We generally have around 30 people who come for dinner. Our main dish is supplied by an organization called Second Helpings, and they glean food from restaurants, grocery stores, and then they bring us the main dish every week along with some bread, desserts, and then we fill in salads and vegetables and anything else we think of. We also get fresh eggs from Teeter Farm every week. We get uh, Dale bread from Panera. We also get Chick-fil-A uh, breakfast nuggets. Uh, so we have almost a mini food pantry here. Uh, most months we collect the food from our shelves outside Celebration Hall and the sanctuary. And about once a month we pass those out to our people. I like the camaraderie and stuff here because I have a good time just seeing the people here. I been I enjoy the food. We never it's a surprise what we're going to get to eat, and you having friends and meeting new people and the group we sit with we get to see once a week and it's been very nice. I've been coming out uh, here a little over a year, and I like the friendship of everybody. <laughs> what I enjoy is Teeter's Farm, because in the summer, in the fall, they have such wonderful fruit, their vegetables, oh, fresh, and I enjoy the eggs, too. My goodness, fresh eggs. Good for you. Dinners on Us, one of the amazing things that you make possible through your ongoing giving. Our scripture today is a parable that Jesus tells. It offers a challenge to us as it did for the people of his day. 
I read from the 12th chapter of Luke, verses 15 through 21. Then Jesus said to them, watch out, guard yourself against all kinds of greed. After all, one's life isn't determined by one's possessions, even when someone is very wealthy. Then he told them a parable. A certain rich man's land produced a bountiful crop. And he said to himself, what will I do? I have no place to store my harvest. And then he thought, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. That's where I'll store all my grain and goods. I'll say to myself, you have stored up plenty of goods, enough for several years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, fool, tonight you will die. Now, who will get the things that you have prepared for yourself? This is the day it will be for those who hoard things for themselves and aren't rich toward God. Well, if you're new to Noblesville first, you're here for the first time, or maybe you've been away from COVID and now have popped in, I apologize. Because I'm sure the first message you wanted to hear was not about money and finances. So I hope you come back because we don't talk about money every Sunday. Matter of fact, the first 15 years of my ministry, I never once preached a message about finances or stewardship. I always had the theory that if you do the rest of the stuff, you share that spiritual dimension, that everything else will take care of itself. And for the most part, it did. And then someone reminded me, matter of fact, it was someone much younger than me, said, well, Jesus talked a lot about money, didn't he? And I had to go back and start thinking about that and realize he is right. If I'm to be faithful to Jesus' message and to the scriptures, we have to talk about money. And it makes sense. Because the exchange of money is a part of our everyday lives. And the paycheck we earn involves our time and our energy and our giftedness, which are resources given to us by God and need to be managed well or our spiritual life gets out of order. Jesus did say, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So yes, what we do with our money, how we manage our money, how we spend our money, and how much of our money we give are all spiritual issues. So let me warn you, I told Steve Baker as I promised to help support the work of the generosity team before I left, that I'm a dangerous preacher. I can say whatever I want. (laughs) What are you going to do, fire me? (laughs) Well, I guess you could, couldn't you? (laughs) Got a few weeks to go here. But seriously, I still set free. Because, you know, every time I've had to preach on stewardship before, there's always, at least for me, a little bit of you feel self-serving. Especially, you know, you're at, you know how it's like, Marilyn, you're at a smaller church and you realize your salary represents 30, maybe 40% of the church budget. And you always kind of feel like you're preaching for yourself. But I can honestly say that this isn't for me. This is for the good of the work that takes place here at Noblesville First, for the good of God's kingdom. So what I share, I share truly from my conviction and I share from my heart and I share from my experience through all my years of ministry. Fortunately, here at Noblesville First, 
There's a lot of ministries we can point to. Just what we saw on the TV is just one example of the many things that your funds do make a difference. Every week we feature a stewardship moment that highlights a ministry that's making a difference in our community. We're providing pastoral care, people in the hospital. We provide education for our children. We provide so many things. So please hear this all in that spirit. Now, I am sure that no one here considers themselves a greedy person. Does anybody just raise their hand and say, yeah, I'm greedy? Well, no takers today. We tend to reserve that for people that are richer than us, right? You worry about becoming greedy if you become a multimillionaire. Then you might start thinking about it. But I want you to hear what Jesus said today very carefully. Jesus said, guard against all kinds of greed. Then he goes on to tell this parable. And this parable seems kind of common sense. I mean, here's a man who's had just a good year on the farm. He's had a bountiful crop. What's he going to do with it? I mean, if you're his financial advisor, aren't you going to tell him to store some up for a rainy day? But here's the problem with this man in this parable. You'll notice that he doesn't think of anyone else but himself. He doesn't think about how God could be honored with this. He doesn't stop and ask, how could I help others with this? I imagine that Jesus, as he tells this story, probably wouldn't mind if he keeps a little extra for himself. But he thinks only of himself. Jesus said to guard against all kinds of greed because he knows how easily money and what it buys can get a hold of us. And it's a problem we all face no matter what our economic situation is. We need to guard against this because our society is built on that premise of trying to tell us we need the next nice thing. I mean, how many of you bought a car recently? You notice how many more extras and luxuries are on that car than you used to have? They just keep adding these new ideas, these new extras on it that allows them to justify raising that price year after year. If you buy a new car now, you're likely to get rear view cameras, right turn cameras, lane assist to keep you on the road, adaptive cruise control that slows you down automatically in case you get too close to that car in front of you. You got remote starters so that you don't have to go into that cold car. And you got seat warmers, even individually controlled, so that everybody with that different body temperature. You got Apple CarPlay and you got Android Auto. All those nice things. I could go on and on. Do you remember when you used to have to crank your window? (laughs) Remember when you had to actually turn around and look to make sure somebody was not behind you? And all these luxuries are nice, but isn't it amazing how what seems to be luxuries turn into needs and expectations? Because once you have that, you never go back, right? All these things are fine, except when so much of the world cannot even afford transportation to get themselves to work. We have people that live in food deserts because our governments can't quite find a way to make food accessible. And I imagine we would live without some of those luxuries if we knew there would be a way that these problems could be addressed. 
We live in a world where the gap between rich and poor grows wider every year and no one seems to care. Every year the upward social mobility is in decline. Median wages have stagnated. The middle class is shrinking. And today's generation of young people are more likely to be poorer than their parents. And we pretend all these problems are just the result of people's choices and the inevitability of a free capitalistic society when actually they are all the result of chosen economic policies. And if you're not concerned about these trends, I would suggest that your spiritual depth as a Christian is lacking. If you read your Bibles, you see the call for justice. You see that scripture after scripture, especially in the Old Testament, criticize the nation of Israel for the downfall of the Jewish society that allowed those inequities to just grow and grow. Well, the good news is, I think God offers a couple solutions, at least a couple messages we ought to consider that can help address the problem of greed in our world. You find within the Jewish Levitical law is the concept of tithing a tenth of your produce, your livestock, and your income. It's there in many places. There's actually three tithes that are described in the Torah law. You have the tithe for the Levites, who are not allowed to own land or work, so that they had to be provided for so they could look after the spiritual life of the nation. There was the festival tithe that made sure that people could gather together and those festivities were covered. And there was the tithe for the poor. Here's one of the most descriptive scriptures that refer to the tithe. In Deuteronomy 14 it says, Every third year you must bring the tenth part of your produce from that year and leave it at your city gates. Then the Levites who have no designated inheritance like you do, along with the immigrants, orphans, and widows who live in their, your cities, will come and feast until they're full. Do this so that the Lord your God might bless you in everything you do. And I want you to capture the spirit of the tithe. It's not there to make us feel guilty. It's not there to somehow prove our righteousness or that we're meeting some standard that shows God we're good enough. It was put into the Torah law because God wanted Israel to be a special nation. He wanted them to be a special people. These laws were there so that we treat one another with respect and with dignity and with compassion. Unlike the other nations that seemed to run by survival of the fittest, and that the powerful always had their way, the Torah was designed to make Israel a special nation where no one was left behind where the poor were cared for, and to establish an economy of grace which provided people a fresh start from that enslaving debt. Debt was to be forgiven every seven years. So please don't hear my encouragement of the 10% tithe as some legalistic way of proving your worth to God. It's not about earning our way to heaven or establishing our spiritual superiority the tithe is God's way to make our world a better place. And it's God's hope that Christians will lead the way in making our society a place where everyone has their basic needs met and a shot at the opportunity that our country stands for. Just think about some of these facts. What would happen if everyone in the church tithed? 
First of all, only 5% of the U.S. population ties to begin with. 80% of Americans are only giving 2% to charity on average. Christians are only giving at 2.5% per capita. So if just those who are involved in church chose to tie 10%, just those of us who are showing up here week after week, it would have raised an additional $165 billion in our country. $165 billion. So let's stop and think about what we could do with that. $25 billion a year could relieve global hunger, starvation, and deaths from preventable diseases in just five years. $12 billion a year could eliminate illiteracy in five years. $15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues, specifically at places in the world where 1 billion people live on less than $1 a day. <clears throat> and there'd still be $100 billion left over. <clears throat> so just imagine a world where not just Christians, what if everybody tied 10% to their favorite charity, whatever <clears throat> cause they care about or believe in? Imagine what kind of society we'd live in. We have so many wonderful nonprofits we're doing fantastic things all over the place and yet struggle for funds, limited by what they can do because those funds aren't there. Nonprofits and churches who are working efficiently and attacking the fundamental issues that lead to hunger, poverty, health issues, and educational gaps could close those gaps. And here's the second solution that God provides to greed. <clears throat> it's a heavy one. It's a complex one. If you just look at this story of the parable of the bigger barns, what Jesus is saying, you ready? You can't take it with you. <laughs> now, is that deep or what? I don't think Jesus is trying to say, if you don't tithe, I'm not going to take you out. I'm just going to take you out. He's just trying to get the point across. You can't take it with you. So why do you want to build bigger barns? There's got to be a better way to deal with this. You know, death is that great equalizer for all of us. Doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are, when you die, you die, and nothing goes with you. So it challenges us to ask, what is our legacy? What are we going to do with what God has given to us? And that message still holds truth for us. What is going to be our legacy? Like it or not, ultimately, we don't own anything. We're just stewards for a time on this earth with what God has given us. And we may have made some great business decisions that worked out well for us. We may have been at the right place at the right time. But in the end, it is God that gave us the opportunity, God that gave us the intelligence, God that brought the people along in our lives at the right time that made us successful. All that is a gift that comes from God. So let me end this message on a very positive note. Because I've had the honor and privilege as your pastor to watch your generosity. And maybe we're not where we ought to be, but I see so many good things. In the midst of a pandemic, this Oregon team came to me and wanted us to raise over a half million dollars, and I said, you guys are nuts. <laughs> it 
And yet we've raised $480,000 or pledged towards that. There's only 80 or so thousand to go. Thank you for that. Last, at the end of last year, yeah, we asked you to help us finish that year strong. Just increase your giving by 10%. And we met our goal of 425000 the last quarter last year. We finished strong. Thank you for that. We've invited you to remember the church in your will to tithe in your passing as you would in your living. And this year, we've received significant gifts that will certainly be helpful to the church's ministry. Every time we ask you to donate snacks, whatever we need for White River Elementary, you come through with hordes of things and flood our office with those items. You always come through every time we need something, canned goods to hand out at dinners on us, just like we saw today. The Teeter Retreat and Farm. We've invited you to be generous. We've asked you to volunteer your time, and you've come through there so that last year over 20,000 servings of food was given. Thank you for all that. But I'm sure, generosity team, Steve Baker would like me to say to you, don't stop there. Because every day our ongoing ministry is taking place. Every day we're visiting those who are in the hospital. Every day we're providing spiritual education to our children and youth each week that will connect them with God's creation. We're soon to launch the Teeter Adventure Club that will connect people with God's creation out there. We provide community to adults and children with special needs because God wants all persons to be loved as God loves us. And we continue. People in this community look to this church to be a uniter and a voice to make Noblesville a better place where all people, without exception, are loved and accepted. And all this happens every day. And it's funded by your everyday giving. That's why Generosity Team is calling you to pledge at this time. So thank you for your generosity, but please don't be satisfied. Just know this is the most concrete and obvious way to witness to your spiritual growth. And no matter where you are in your giving, if you know we're close to the tide, just be glad for what you give and ask God what's the next step that we can take. See it as a blessing. <clears throat> and I invite you, no matter where you are, even if you're not even sure you're excited about this church thing, find something you're passionate about, volunteer, get involved, and then support that cause. And think about what God can do because all of us are doing our part. Don't waste your time building bigger barns. You can't take it with you. These are the ways that God helps us guard against all kinds of greed. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for your many gifts and blessings. And when we stop and realize and consider those blessings, we realize how much has been given to us and how much has just been fortunate that we've had this privilege to be where we are, that the parents that we had, to have the blessings we've received so let us be thankful for the ball and find a way to return that thanks to you by making a difference with others. This is our hope and prayer on this day through Christ who is our Lord. Amen.
I have a few announcements to bring to your attention. First of all, the first Friday lunch program is this Friday, May 6th at noon. Chef Mike is going to offer a great meal featuring lasagna, and we're going to have a game night. So bring your favorite game, come and enjoy having some fun together. Also, the Teeter Adventure Club will also happen this Friday. be our first of monthly, the first Friday of each month. Outreach to our community from 5 to 7. We'll be sharing an interactive experience with nature. And we need some help. So please go to the graphic at noblesofirst.com and show where you can sign up and be helpful to this new ministry. And the Teeter Organic Farm Plant Sale fundraiser is next weekend. Saturday and Sunday from 10 to 2. Yes, that's Mother's Day. Go get some flowers for mom and uh, help us support the farm mission. And, uh, and if you want, go grab a yard sign and put it in your yard so that we might help get the word out. If you are visiting noblesofirst.com for the first time, go to the Next Steps graphic on our website. It tells you what's happening soon and what's up the road. And please be sure to see Pam Kaplinger, a hospitality coordinator. If you're new, she's got a free gift for you and information that connects you with our ministries. And if you are here or online, please be sure uh, to give, to do your part. And you can offer in the offering plate today by mail or at noblesofirst.com or through the Nobles of First app. In that spirit, let's ask for God's blessings upon the tithes and the offerings we share today. Redeeming God... We live in a world that is far too ready to choose punishment over mercy, judgment over compassion. Our world is too eager to put energy into exclusion rather than working to be inclusive of all your children. We confess we need our eyes to be truly opened. Let our blindness fall away. Let us see the good that we can do through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness to help usher in your kingdom here and now. May the gifts we give this morning be just the beginning of our availability to be your tools for bringing about the world you desire. We pray in the name of the risen Christ. Amen.
Good morning again. No, I am not Bonnie Zickraft. She is home with the flu today, so we need to keep her in um, our prayers as well. I am Pastor Mary Eileen Spence, and I'm here to pinch it for her. And you may want to fire me too afterwards. We would ask that um, you remember that if you have prayer concerns, you can go to the website to find the details on how to contact the pastoral care team or to call the church office at any time. We would like to lift up today Mary Whitley in our prayers for her great-grandson, Michelle Cook's first grandchild, born to her daughter, Allison. Her newborn was taken by emergency surgery as a baby in distress to another hospital. Mother Allison hopes to join her newborn son later today. Please also pray for Marilyn Hensley's sister, Janet McCauley, who was hospitalized on Easter and is now in the ICU at Methodist Hospital in room 3220. for her additional health challenges. We also ask that you would lift up Sue and Bruce Cox in your prayer as they both continue to face their health challenges. Sue is currently hospitalized in Riverview Hospital in room 2465. One of our joys this Easter season has been all of the musical talent that we have been able Um, to witness, and you already gave your applause in Thanksgiving. I won't ask you to do that, but truly, we are blessed with all the talent we have had here at the church. And we also, last week, were blessed with a great sermon by um, Pastor Warren Otter, and we thank you for that, Warren, and the message you gave us about God's love. I would also lift up a joy and probably a prayer concern on behalf of... um, our associate pastor, Jill Moffitt. She is doing a Sabbath renewal leave this month, and um, our, our prayer is that she would have a good time of renewal so that as she comes back, she will be renewed and refreshed and ready to lead us through the transition as we all await for Pastor Nicole come. And as, so in that, as they lead us together, we will continue to move forward as a generous church here in Noblesville. And the joy is, is that she gets the opportunity to do that because of the generosity of this church and others um, to allow that to happen. And that's such an important thing in the life of a pastor.
join me in the call to prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we draw near to you in prayer this day, trusting that your love changes lives and that your resurrection brings renewal and redemption into the world God loves. As we lay before you the concerns of our hearts, we pray that you will draw near to us and to the people we name. Bring each one the gift that is needed, and in your great mercy, grant us the promise of new life. Amen. Before we do our prayer together, let us have a time of silent prayer where we lift up what is on our hearts to the Lord. Loving God, you are a generous God, filled with compassion and mercy, desiring for us what is the best, desiring for us to be able to share what we have with others in all the ways that we can. You are a generous God who has breathed life into us, and so as you continue to do that, O oh God, we pray that the life that you give to us is the one that we live wholeheartedly for you in all ways. We are thankful, God, to be here in worship this day, to lift up our joys, to lift up our concerns, knowing that just as the psalmist reminds us and Psalm 121, that you never slumber nor sleep, that you are with us always, ever present in all our comings and goings. We ask that again, that we feel and know that presence in this world, a world in need of your healing touch, a world in need of your love. So, Lord, we pray on this day, Make us those instruments through the generosity of our hearts in the ways that you call us to give so that others not, may have and that we may have our needs met. And we give you all the praise and the glory for those needs that you have met in our lives and you will continue to need to meet. You have heard our prayer concerns lifted up, O oh God. We ask that they be in the forefront of our minds this week as we pray for others and look for how to help them. We pray, O oh God, for the world in which we live, a world that seems to be constantly in distress. 
Lift away our anxieties as we turn to you for guidance on how we best can be a part of the solution. And in the meantime, we ask that you be with those who are in greater need than us all around the world this day. And especially, we continue to pray for the people of Ukraine. May they know your presence all the more. Oh God, we are so thankful that you have sent Jesus Christ to show us the way, to give us the guidance through the Gospels of how to live our life if we are to follow you. And so, Lord, we pray that we may fulfill that in all that we do. Give us the strength and the courage to do so. And now we come and pray the words that he taught us to pray, reminding us of your work in our lives and in the work you call us to do in this world. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
I hope you're able to find one of the prepackaged communion cups as we celebrate once again the act of Holy Communion. And we're reminded, especially on this day, of God's generosity that comes by the offering of his Son on our behalf. And so on the night that Jesus was betrayed, we are reminded that he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he lifted the cup and after having given thanks, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. So I invite you now at this time as we celebrate our unity that it creates. It reminds us of all that God is able to do through us when we come together in Christ's name. Let us eat the loaf. And likewise, we open the cup, reminding us of the blood that he shed on our behalf, allowing it to renew us once again, to know that we're a forgiven people, set free to be what God wants us to be. Drink this remembrance of him. Lord, we ask for your blessings upon this cup. May it nourish our souls, may it renew our hearts and minds, and may it remind us that we are a special people called to impact this world in the way that you have changed us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And that spirit we pray. Amen. This time I invite you to stand as we sing our closing hymn. Let us go forth reminded by God's generosity that he might make us a generous people. Amen.